Hello, welcome to the Real Plane Exchange. This is Adam, and today we're doing a row up. And joining me today are my guests. Guests? I'm your fucking co host, man. I'm sorry, you didn't get the memo. But keep going, you're already talking. <laughs> wow. Well, this is Chris, the fucking co host. Everybody, this is David. And this is Joe. I- am I getting fired? <laughs> Play scene with David. <laughs> Harsh, but fair. (laughs) This is news to me, I swear. I always hire people by surprise. (laughs) I mean, that's how how David Byrne broke up the talking heads. Oh, yeah, I was going to post it on my Patreon page, like, you know, Neil Gaiman's ex-wife, but... uh... (laughs) You Amanda Palmer me? (laughs) So, guys, thank you so much for joining me. This is a game that we're going to go over today that I've been looking forward to ever since I read about it on Pilgrim Press's website. It is Swords of the Serpentine by Kevin Culp and Emily Dresner. And Kevin Culp, he, I think, well, I've, I've fortunate enough to actually game with him at Gen Con for one of those like uh, little games that they do. You know how Gen Con does games, right, guys? But I, I played with him in Time Watch, had a great time, just follow everything he's done, even picked up Alhu Trail, which was one of his earlier games. So when this one came out, I just had to get it. Honestly, this was, I think when you were, the pre-order was open for this game was when COVID hit. So this was one of my many COVID purchases that a little bit of retail therapy to make it through the, the dark times. But hey, the game's here now and it is a beautiful swords and sandals gumshoe game. So kind of like with Trail Cthulhu and a lot of the other Pelgrane games, the gumshoe system is great about ensuring that you get the clue. It's not like when you're playing Call of Cthulhu and you didn't do a certain kind of check in a certain type of room and it just everything kind of goes pear-shaped from then on with a gumshoe game. You're pretty much guaranteed, as long as your party has kind of a diverse range of stats, you're going to get the clue, you're going to get to the next node of the adventure, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I kind of like about it. So, you know, so I want to kind of go ahead and tell you about this, the game of Swords of the Serpentine. It takes, at least in this particular iteration, there was talk I've heard of, of other locales in the future, but this one takes place in a city called Eversink. So that doesn't mean that we we necessarily have to, you know, obviously stick with it, but we are... As written, we're kind of focusing on everything around the city. So there's kind of a portion of the character creation where you pick like allegiances and whatnot. And also we're we're going to be picking those like our game is going to be taking place in every sink. One little side bit I like about this is that the city the city continues to sink, the buildings do, and they have to just kind of keep building on once there. So it was like even like a whole subterranean area of just where the buildings are sinking back into the swampy land, which is kind of cool. So, oh, so it's Florida. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Florida. I was going to say Venice, but yeah. So, this with this being a row-up, I definitely recommend for whoever is listening to this at home, you may want to go ahead and pull up a character sheet while you're at it. Maybe pick up a copy of the book from Pilgrim's website or drive through RPG and follow along. So, while I'm going to be running this game myself, I'm also going to be rowing up a character, so hopefully somebody else will run a game that I can play in, though I feel kind of guilty saying that around you, Joe, because you've been our forever GM for the past couple of months here, and God bless you for that, sir. What I do. <laughs> what I do. 
one, one last thing before we get started. The, the book does a really good job of kind of framing games. They give a lot of suggestions. So, you know, you, your adventuring party, are you big damn heroes? Or you like book hounds I've ever seen? Are you in the cabal? The city watch, do-gooders? Is it a family business? There's like a lot of different suggestions that they make this uh, kind of built into it. So what I'm going to ask you all right now, you, I already kind of mentioned what the scenario was that I was thinking of. Offhand, do you all kind of know what kind of, how your party meets or anything like that you'd like to address right now? Talk out? Dance crew. Dance crew. <laughs> Got to save Rex Hitter, guys. <laughs> well, then that sounds closer for a dance crew. A traveling troop of jangulars. <laughs> I'm just happy to be included. Like, okay. you guys call the tune and I will be there. Uh, but my own mental image of that is, it's like, dance crew, why do you guys have that barbarian? He's the bouncer. <laughs> when we start dancing in the middle of streets, people tend to react badly. Hence, <laughs> someone to deal with kneecaps. Tell you what, for the meantime, we may just table the idea of how the party came together until you guys get them created. And then hopefully it's our characters start getting fleshed out a tad bit more, we'll have a bit more of an idea. So, first thing that you do in character creation is you're going to pick your profession. You had the option of being a sentinel, a sorcerer, a thief, a warrior, and then there's a little bit of mixing and matching that we can kind of jump into, too, if any of you all want to kind of be the guinea pig for that one. I'm going to start. I'm going to do kind of a brief introduction to the class. Like Whenever you all go, you pick one. Kind of say something about it. You can kind of glean from the book. That would be beneficial. So I'm not doing all the talking here. So I'm thinking, I don't have a name yet, but this is the year 2023. And every character I create from now till December 31st is going to be based on a country musician. So I think for right now, my working title, until I make up a better name, I'm going to be Lyle Lovett. I'll, I'll change that to something more fitting to the the setting later. But I'm going to create my character, and he's going to be a sorcerer. As a sorcerer, you may know rare and hidden secrets, know how to heal the sick, or how to kill more quickly. To be able to prophesize the future and know corrupt keys to sorcerer's power. Sorcery may take a hundred different forms. But tapping into your true power is dangerous to your allies and deadly to every six patron goddess. Powerful sorcery causes corruption, and corruption is illegal in Eversync. If you wish to avoid persecution, you may have to limit your power, keep your skills secret, or be so powerful and politically connected that few dare challenge you. There is no good magic when it comes to sorcery. Whether true power stems from the writings of the ancients and inhuman snake people, or as a gift from a forgotten demons, the source of sorcery is foul and corrupt. So I think that's important to kind of mention out there. There is definitely a stigma for sorcery in the game, and depending on what you do, you could rip the very fabric of reality. Or you, if you decide you don't want to destroy the landscape, you can have it internalized on your character yourself. So, like, you know. My character, if I screw up a spell and whatnot, now I have snake eyes. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick a sorcerer. Now, we'll kind of go into the point spins that kind of go with the classes as ever, you know, after everybody's already picked out. But, okay, who's next? Who wants to, who's decided on something? 
I think I'll well, go next. Okay. With little or no knowledge of the city and a deadly mastery of warfare, visiting barbarians are typically placated or manipulated by nearby locals. So I'm going to roll with the barbarian, because okay. why not? <laughs> nice. Well, y'all know me. I have very strong opinions, so I'm going to play a cop. Uh, <laughs> a sentinel? Do they have a really cool ability. <laughs> they do, but not really my style. I, I, you know, I'm probably going to stick with a thief. You know, I, I like my trickery and guile, and I kind of like the idea of mixing and matching it a little bit, and going for like a slightly magical alchemical bent. Fine. So I'm the guy with the potions, and uh, definitely not a drug dealer. Okay, cool. And now my parole officer. <laughs> I'm not anyone's parole officer. <laughs> I'm going to be playing a sentinel. I think I'm probably not involved in the church. Well, a sentinel is uh, someone who has the ability. Yeah, an investigator. Somebody has the ability to see spirits pretty often. So, yeah, I'm the, uh, I'm the looking into crime sort of guy. I imagine that, uh, yeah, I imagine that Eversink probably has a crop of fantasy private investigators, so why not that? I mean, that honestly, that, that sounds like a good hook to kind of pull people into that, you know, if if you've kind of worked a beat, so to speak, in Eversink, then you've obviously ran into Chris's sticky-fingered character or, you know, David's barbarian. I was thinking of my character more as an information broker slash purveyor of illicit substances, magical or not. That sounds good. And like we'll play with the mixing and matching as we go through kind of the points-wise. It, it, it really is only like a paragraph of text. It says, these professions are customizable and easily adapted to specific literary fancy models. If you want to recreate your favorite magical sneak thief, Outlander Barbarian from movies and novels, it's easy to do. So, yeah, we'll just kind of, I think it's the investigative abilities we just got to play with. So if you are doing any kind of super sorcery and things like that, obviously there you, you get all the bad with the good with that. But at the same time, I mean, you could say that that your alchemical stuff is not magical and whatnot and you know, it still heals somebody or what? You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's, this game's real easy and, and flexible. So ladies and gentlemen, we have a special, special guest sliding in here. This is the only way that he's going <laughs> to, this is the only way that I wasn't able to mess up the alphabet. It was because he was late showing up today. Hey, Aaron, how's it going, buddy? I am real tired. <laughs> to be a bit more dynamic with stuff. We've kind of already taken a few things off the table, though you could be a sorcerer if you wanted to, because I'm not going to be playing in this scenario that I'm running. But what's open right now is a sorcerer and, well, no, I mean, you could do a sorcerer. I don't care, really. You can do whatever. But the big four is sorcerer, sentinel, thief, warrior. I mean, you could be my partner in crime. Yeah. I don't sneak. You don't have to sneak. I mean, with the sorcerer class. I mean, you'd be you allowed crime. <laughs> oh, although Chris, I am tempted. We could be the goon and Frankie. You're you're my right hand man. My good, my good time boy. 
<laughs> he, he takes sure. all the right hands that you need. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, so Aaron, you think you want to go with the sne- the thief class, possibly? No, I think I'm pretty curious about sorcerer. Okay, go for it, man. I think that would be. I'm doing it too, but like I said, I'm not running. I'm not playing in the game that I'm running for everybody. So that'd be cool. We'll see, kind of bounce things off. All right, guys. So the next thing that we're gonna we're gonna jump into is adjectives and drive. So jot down some adjectives on your character sheet that encapsulate your hero's personality. This provides a fast reference for how to act when we face difficult situations. Eminently fuckable. And <laughs> no, I think and drive is basically what's best in life kind of Conan stuff. So, you know, this it's your modus operandum. Your dri- and they're, they're not concrete. Your drives can change. So, Lyle, as I'm calling him right now, let's see, adjectives. I'm kind of thinking, now, the you know, sorcery is kind of outlawed and whatnot. As I was kind of creating this guy in my head, I liked the idea that it mentioned, like, some people gain magic through demon possession and stuff like that so it's kind of just throw this out here what i'm kind of looking at with this character also i had a long drive from tennessee yesterday to think about this so i'm kind of mine's a bit more fleshed out maybe than everybody else's but my character was formerly possessed by a demon that left him and now he has a body count and he's wanted and he didn't do any of it so to speak but now he's got a few magical tricks up his sleeve yikes I'm even thinking about, I kind of like the idea that, you know how corruption changes? I mentioned yeah. how it kind of changes you. Like, the, basically, the demon discard, it's kind of like, uh, what was that Shocker movie? Do you remember the Wes Craven, like the serial killer who was, like, electrocuted and he would, like, possess people and commit crimes and keep moving around? I'm kind of thinking it was like a demon kind of like that. Or, what was that, Denzel Washington? Fallen? Fallen. Fallen. A, but every time he messed up magic or something went wrong, it changed an aspect of him. So I, I transformed into the last person that I, that the man possessed. So the next one that he possesses is going to turn into looking like me, if that makes sense. Or is that interesting? <laughs> so, so you got magical face off. Yeah, I got magical face off. Right now, I am Nick Cage. <laughs> so adjectives, I was just haunted. I'm just, I'm going to mention like redemption, but also I'm going to say learn bad habits. That's, that's my character in a nutshell. Drive. I'll get back to that. So what about you, Chris? What are you thinking about for your adjectives? So since I'm kind of going for a slightly slimier character, I'm thinking the best adjectives would be friendly, sleazy, Curious and reckless. So I'm, I'm imagining that uh, initially this character was a thief who got a hold of some guild's materials and through some weird accident accidentally made a potent substance of some sort. It's like, oh, this is profitable. And just kind of started mixing around things and trying to sell them as, you know, cure-alls or things to take your mind off the day so you're playing nigel west dickens from red dead redemption uh 
don't remember that character. He was a snake oil salesman. I mean, I, it's made with nothing but the finest cocaine. It's medicinal. Nothing but the finest snakes. Snake cocaine. Snowcane. You know how long it takes us to oil up snakes. And then you gotta <laughs> squeeze the oil back out. Let me tell you, they don't help. Not nearly as long when they're high on cocaine. David, Joe, what about you all? What is, what's your adjectives looking like? Uh, my adjectives are going to be the other list of failed dwarves from Snow White. Blunt, <laughs> loud, angry, and uncivilized. Nice. I'm going barbarian classic here. Might as well. If I'm going to go full ham, I'm going to go full ham, damn it. I, l- I like to imagine that I hired you as my bodyguard. That's Same. right. I guard all of the bodies. <laughs> no one gets to know where they are hidden. But most importantly, mine. Yours is still moving. It's not technically a body. Yeah, and we're going to keep it that way. How about you, Joe? What are you thinking? I'm thinking... Cantankerous, <laughs> well-read, compassionate, gloomy, cautious. Like every character I play. <laughs> You're going to make our Jiminy Cricket to try <laughs> yeah. to pull us on an even keel? <laughs> The Jimmy Cricket done. was more insulting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you morons. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. I'm thinking Jimmy about- Cricket it was written by Warren Ellis. <laughs> For once, we're going to be on the receiving end of the fucking clowns, and this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> going with studious, absent-minded. How many adjectives do we need? Don't matter. Just as many as it takes. Like the sheet, I put three words on on mine, and it started clipping out. So you can, it's a shorthand. It's just something you. It's it's for your benefit, really, just to kind of remember. Studious, absent-minded, and easily distracted. No. You're my top customer. <laughs> so, what is best in life for me? For loud is to right my wrongs to start anew, and to find a man with my face, which would be the other demon. I mean, the demon. So, a little bit of redemption, a little bit starting over, because that's the good thing about me. The sins are on my old body. It's John Travolta right there. Took your wow. face off. <laughs> you used to be handsome. <laughs> what happened? Grease. Scientology. Oh, <laughs> Chris, what is best in life, sir? Well, I, I presume finding the ultimate cure-all or high or whatever the, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the alchemical alchemical silver, let's say. Okay. Profit and understanding. Okay. David, what is best in life? You know the usual: crush my enemies, <laughs> see them driven before me, hear the lamentations of their women. The usual. <laughs> Punching yeah. candles. Joe, what is best in life, sir? Uh, fixing problems is your drives. Yeah. DTW. Yeah. Learning the unknown. Building a quiet little life for yourself. Are you squaring away money to get out of the Everstink? Everstink? Uh, uh, Everstink, yeah. Maybe. Possibly. I mean, nobody ever... I mean, people talk about leaving Eversync all the time, and they never seem to manage to do it. Mm-mm. But yeah. All right. Hey, Aaron, what's best in life? Learning new powers, collecting rare books, and 
Pogs. <laughs> I do love hogs. <laughs> I, I, for a second, I thought you said hogs. I'm like, 30 to 50 of them? It's <laughs> too many. Learning new powers, collecting rare books, and... Okay, I don't know a third one. I'll come back to that. That's fine. So, I, I just updated mine a little bit. It's uh, finding alchemical silver, profited enough to run my experiments, and understanding the secrets of the city. Okay, sounds good. And these are dynamic. So, after you've, like, say, for example, after you've crushed your enemy, David, you may, you know, perhaps decide to take up baking or something. I don't know. (laughs) I have crushed my enemy. I have seen him driven before me. And now I'm going to make the perfect souffle. Bone flour souffle. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Break the egg, David. I broke him. I thoroughly broke that egg. It's crushed. Look, see? Why was his nickname the egg anyway? Because he had a very, very round head. He was white and fragile. Yeah, a round, breakable skull. All right, so next is going to be our investigative abilities, and this is also where it kind of plays in with the class you picked out. So using the rules as dictated in the book, I'm shooting for this game having about four characters. That's kind of the sweet spot. So you all are going to have 11 points to kind of divvy up between the general social abilities and in your particular class. So, uh, for example, for those of you who are unfamiliar with gumshoe system, these are kind of the standard ones that are in all of them. They may, there's some of them are kind of rescanned. So there's charm, which is self-explanatory command and intimidation, which are also, I think pretty much, you know, if you, if you had the point in command and you want to spend it, then, you know, definitely the, you're going to, hey, y'all, get the fuck out of here, man. Can't you see I'm walking here? And, you know, or maybe that would be intimidation. But I think that would be intimidation. Yeah. There's Liar's Tale, which is previously known in other iterations of Gumshoe Games as Bullshit Detector. So, you know, telling somebody's lying. Nobility, servility, taunt, and trustworthy. So... No. They finally have a skill specifically suited towards me. You can make people angry enough to monologue at you. <laughs> so guess we, take, guess we know who's going to take taunt. <laughs> well, I started with a point in it with standard barbarian build, mm-hmm. but I think I will take the the point in taunt and move it to liar's tell and let you have all the taunt. So I'm uh, typically at. They had a list here. Let me see if I can kind of give you the description. So zero ranks in it, it means that you can't do the skill. So if I have zero ranks in nobility, I can't pose as a noble or know things that a noble would know necessarily. One rank makes you pretty much your proficient. Two points spent, you're an expert. Three, you have a remarkable knowledge of it. Four, you're one of the best in the city. Five, you're one of the best in the world. So, I mean, if you wanted to, you could put a lot of, like, say, points in nobility. Like, you could put four points in nobility and basically kind of set yourself up as being a former lord or a lord or, you know, somebody of some social standing and whatnot that you can do. So just to kind of give you the one, the five is the max. And it pretty much, you're the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be kind of deal. Adam, would you call that being the excellence of execution? (laughs) Thank you, sir. I am quite the hitman. 
guess as I go through this here, I think I'm going to go look at my actual class ones they mentioned first, and then I'm going to go back and kind of fill in the social ones. So they do have a list of the ones available just for a sorcerer. Though, again, Chris, if you're wanting to kind of borrow, mix and match, seeing if you could make your thief have a little bit of everything, go for it. So one of them is, let's see, Corruption. They did have the sneak thief down here, which is on page 48, mm -hmm. just to build it as it is, but then wiggle points around a little bit. Yeah. If you wanted. I I looked at that. I think I'm going to go something a little different. So with the thief, I mean, not thief, with the sorcerer, to be able to actually use sorcery, which I guess I could be a sorcerer and not do this, I've got to take corruption. So I want to be able to cast spells and whatnot, so I'm going to have to take on Corruption, and that's kind of what we use to, to you know, do curses and whatnot. So I've got Corruption to choose for from. I've got Forgotten Lore as another great one. That's going to be good for your character, Aaron. Leechcraft yeah. Leechcraft is also great, so you can, you know, diagnose poisons, and it actually gives you a benefit for healing. You get extra point spans for healing and whatnot. And then finally, there's prophecy, which is kind of cool. You know, you can actually interpret, you know, tea leaves or, you know, as I see the barbarian pull his blade out of that vagabond stomach, I can, oh, I see the signs, you know. I opened up my eyes. <laughs> I see the signs. I, saw... I opened up his gut. I saw the sign. <laughs> <laughs> so... So go ahead and just talk amongst yourselves. What are y'all thinking? How many points do we have now? You have 11. 11 yeah. For the investigative. So that's social plus sorcerer for you. So what I've done is I've put two points into taunt and a ridiculous luck each. A single point into leechcraft, because that kind of makes sense for uh, my character. A point into charm, liar's tell, and trustworthy. And then I put in the thief skills, one of the city secret, one of the scurrilous rumors, and one to skullduggery. I just took them straight from the warrior, or straight from the barbarian template, which is one in no monstrosity, two in spot frailty, two in tactics of death, and one in wilderness mastery. And then in social, I've got one in charm, one in command, one in liar's tell now, and two in intimidation. It didn't have the liars tell it had taunt instead, and I figured I would yeah. let Chris have taunt. I don't make people it's angry. Very frustrating. I just get angry at them and bisect them. That that that's what the sword is for. So far, I have two in felonious intent, one in laws and traditions, one in spirit sight, one in vigilance, one in scarless rumors, one in forgotten lore, and two in trustworthy. I have one point left. Probably liars tell. Yeah. I don't think it could be wrong. What are you thinking with uh, your sorcerer, Aaron? Two charm, one liar's tell, one servility, one trustworthy. Two corruption, two forgotten lore, one prophecy, and one no monstrosities. Those are, are basically our, our social abilities. Now, I think I may have mentioned this beforehand, maybe off mic, maybe not, but I just want to go ahead and mention it because I like this so much. You can also, typically, you use these at the scene like you're investigating or I'm going to spend intimidation and it's going to, you know, get somebody out of my way. Of course, they will remember that will pop up like a telltale game. But 
if you can sell it to the GM, you can spend these abilities to make rows, which would be beneficial. So City Secrets, if we were doing a race, so to speak, if, I were, if my wizard was race, racing away from a group of guards or something like that, instead of just spending athletics, I could spend City Secrets and know if I you know, shortcut, so to speak. And that, that would add three to that pool. I'm going to use Intimidate to clear a path by screaming, Everybody move! You could spend a point of intimidation for stealth. You saw nothing, whatever that meme was. <laughs> yeah, He's, he says he, we didn't see him, so <laughs> I, I'm inclined to believe him. <laughs> yeah, that checks out, I mean. <laughs> I didn't see him. He wouldn't lie about this, he's, like, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's also very large. And covered in blood. It's <laughs> trustworthy. So the next thing up is, and it's not like a huge part of the character creation, but we'll, we'll add it in here. It's a minor and iconic gear that our character has. I'll go to the book on this. In Swords of the Serpentine, who you are is defined by the things that you keep around. We don't mean powerful weapons and epic magical items. In Sword and Sorcery game, those come and go. What we mean are the small personal trinkets that help define your life. The things that you keep in your pockets around your neck or on your feet. The things that you hold dear that someone investigating your corpse would, your corpse, what kind of person you are. So, you know, tell what kind of person you are if they find your body. Feel free to name signature gear, particularly weapons, having tangible reminders of who you are and where you come through strengthens your will. Heroes with at least five items of character defining gear gain Plus one grit against morale checks. So, like, you know, not only do you have hit points, instead of sanity and whatnot, you have grit. So, that's kind of the took place of it from your typical gumshoe game. Let's see if there's anything else. You can add your character defining gear at any time or remove items that are no longer tell someone who you are. You never need to roll preparedness for a character-defining gear when it doesn't give you a mechanical advantage. If something does give you a mechanical or narrative advantage, it's probably fine, but run it past your GM. So, you know, sky's the limit, but not really. What, what are you all thinking? I kind of, I'm kind of struggling on what to pick for my character from the background that I've kind of come up with. So I'm, I think maybe he was helped out by maybe a priest of Denari or a sentinel or inquisitor, if you will, because they do have the ability to kind of fix the fabric and things like that. So, and if Denari is kind of all about commerce and stuff like that, maybe I have a coin that was used to bless me since that's, hey, you, know, you know. Question like, real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. Do we need to do we need to worry about general skills right now? Or are we not doing those yet? It's next. Like we're we're just okay. That's fine. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, I, I honestly skipped a little further down the page by accident. Actually, I think what it was, I was looking at the character sheet. Mine's just going to be a formerly blessed coin, kind of my lucky token, and um, a piece of gear. I like the idea of magic being. Um, not what's it called? Like you don't need a wand, but like movements and stuff like that, like avatar kind of. What was that? Somatic components. So I think I got elementalism. 
That, that avatar? Yeah, I was thinking, I, that was a lame, I gave a bad example. You're correct on that. I think I just got tattoos on the end. He means gestures. Like, are you thinking that you use the mystic gestures? Or are you thinking, like, specific tattoo markings? Or yeah, I, think, I think I want to go with tattoo markings. I think that's how, I, they, were, they came with the body after I got it back. So I've got, I'll say that that's kind of a focal point <laughs> for my magic. So I'll just put... A coin and tattoos. I'm not going to load myself down with tons of stuff after right now. I've got three things. Tattoos are actually one of mine, too, because I decided I want tally tattoo for every worthy foe I've defeated. So you have so, two tattoos. No, there's got to be more than that. Like, maybe not necessarily just a hash mark tat, but like something to represent the foes taken down so far. Tattoos are cool. What about scarification? Maybe, like, are you taking, like, a nail and heating it up real hot and branding yourself with your kills? I mean, it, it's either or. Tattoos are cool. I just got, that's kind of stuck in my head for some reason. Tally tats or, you know, worthy foe scars would also be a good one. Okay. I healed up from where he sliced here onto my arm. I need to take this and brand it across it so that I know that he caused that scar. And uh, these are his teeth. Find some way to work those into that brand. Uh, let's see. The others are black leather bracers uh, crafted by my homeland and by Sector the Revenor, which is the name of my sword. Okay. All right. So what I, I've come up with two so far. I'm probably going to have more as the night goes on. The first is a a knife that has clearly been ruined by acid, which is I got from the night of my discovery of, uh, like, I don't know, theft or something. Mm -hmm. uh, the second is a heavily battered, like, half-ruined uh, Book of Alchemy that I clearly got somehow from a sorcerer. Half-price tomes. Yeah, half-price tomes. So I've got, like, some dodgy information, and I'm trying to experiment on my own. Actually, no, that, that leads to a third one. A, a meticulously kept journal full of uh, experiments, as it were. I think he gave me an idea for something else, but I'll jump back in on my character here in a moment. Uh, Joe, I haven't heard from you. What, what what are you carrying around? I've only come up with one so far, and it's a coin from my home home city, distant hometown. Keep it in my pocket. Rub it to remind me what I'm trying to get back to. This goddamn place. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have anything else at the moment. Woodcut of your daughter? Woodcut of my daughter? Jesus. Now you're really trying to get me now, killed. Now, they don't actually have matchbooks, Joe, but maybe you have a torch that some dame left on your desk. <laughs> yeah, a burning torch. <laughs> I'm holding a torch for her. An, an ever-burning torch. <laughs> and what do you got on, on hand? Uh, a locked puzzle bat box, a talking skull. And glowing gauntlets. Are you going to use your skull for prophecy? Maybe. Now I just tell you how well I knew him. Oh, talking skull, that's a really great trick. Yeah, getting him to shut up is the real trick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I knew him well. Real, real jokester, that skull. Aaron, Chris, I know you'll call me out on this. I kind of thought up, as we were talking, I, was, I thought up one more. I'm, I don't want to go for five. 
items because I think automatically giving yourself five of these is, and to get one plus one or grid is kind of gaming it a bit too much. I think you should kind of pick up trinkets as you go along personally. That's my belief. But with a third one, I kind of like, I need something to do my prophecy ability with. And then for a moment, I kind of thought of Predator 2 and, you know, King Willie. And he had the bones that he was casting and all that. But I was like, what would be creepier than bones? And then I thought, oh, a pouch full of teeth. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so the Teeth will never leave. Yeah. Baby teeth. No, no, no <laughs> don't go that far, sir. But I, I, actually, it's just incisors. But yeah, well, he, I don't mean like taken from a baby. I mean, teeth that have been like baby teeth that have been lost. Oh, that you have bought at a else, premium. Someone else's baby teeth. Yeah. Fourth seal, baby teeth, lightly used. Now, is, this too much, <laughs> is this too much of an Adam character if I say that they came with the body too? That this is something that the demon left behind that I can no, use? No, it would to- be too much of an Adam character if you said, oh, they're snake teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my character handles snakes. <laughs> it's, my, I, you know, it's my Adam impression. It's not great. I, I kind of think that it would be funnier if it's the teeth just get refreshed over time. Like, you can only prophesy with these teeth this time. And then if you need to do a prophecy, you need all new teeth. Like, you have to keep refreshing the teeth. Like, that's a that would be an issue. Yeah. The idea that just came to me was he just keeps finding teeth on the ground. <laughs> God, we really need to improve dentistry in the city. People are just losing their teeth all over. Oh no! Even worse, it only happens to him. He's the only one who finds teeth. <laughs> it's, no, like it's, I, I'm being serious. It's like tied into your sorcery somehow. It's, it's really. Curse. I do want to recommend something. This is like a side note for anyone listening. For you guys too, if you do join the Pelgrim Press Discord, they have all their games kind of you know, blocked off into different channels and whatnot. Kevin Colt's pretty active on there, and I mean. Like there's all people are always kind of kicking new ideas around on the Discord about not just like you know character creation and stuff like that, but actually like the world itself of everything. And it's it's just a good repository, by the way, if you just want to join and kind of look around. What you guys talked about kind of reminded me of that. Uh, I was really hoping Adam was going to say for anyone interested in Keith. <laughs> and then, I got a Discord all about teeth. Maybe that's why I hang around with with David's Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. You boys want to talk about teeth? I was about to say I'm either the source of those teeth <laughs> and just don't realize it, and he thinks that he's cursed, but he's really not. He's just the first one on the scene, and it's like, why do I keep fighting all of these teeth? A bunch of guys just, where are they? <laughs> or Adam wakes up every morning and there's teeth under his pillow. Oh my god, that's frightening. <laughs> uh, well, folks, I think... Reverse tooth fairy. Yes, let, you know what, let's make that second one happen. And I will I volunteer left, to be the fairy. I left milk out for the tooth fairy once, and they keep, they keep thanking me. <laughs> oh no. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> At least it's not a bone fairy. You guys are so dark. Speaking of dark, let's move on to general abilities. Unlike other, well, I think this one gives you less points, but you got like, it's kind of more partitioned a bit with between the general abilities and your health and your grid. Let's go ahead and talk about the general abilities. They are athletics, bind wounds, which, you know, 
athletics is just the you know running the race, swimming, etc. Bind wounds is self-explanatory. Burglary as well. Health. We'll go into that in a bit, but obviously health and morale is your grit. I guess you got preparedness, which is kind of the catch-all. You could spend a bunch of points and do like a flashback if you wanted to, or you could make a preparedness spin like, oh, I do have a torch in, in my bag here when you didn't have it on your character sheet. Row it. If you make it, you get it. Sorcery, which is obviously for the sorcerer class for casting spells. Stealth, sway, and warfare. I think sway is the social combat ability. So that's where you're attacking somebody's morale. So you would use that to make them give up by talking them down. Whereas warfare, you make them give up by bleeding out on the ground. So you've got 30 points. Now, you can, I think at eight points in each ability, you actually, um, it, you get the cherry that's associated with it, like a special thing you can do. So there are benefits to putting a lot of points in one thing. Though you're, basically your high, the high, the way that points are divided up, and I'm kind of, some number of my words here is whatever you spend the most points on, you've got to have enough points left over to put half that in another ability. So I can't just drop 30 points into, or 29 points into warfare. I'd have to have technically 15 points or yeah, 15 points available to dump into another skill. So you're kind of balanced as you kind of figure these out a bit. Yeah. So, Let's say you put eight points into stealth. That means you need to have between four and eight points in, let's say, preparedness or whatever your next biggest yeah. skill. Can we, can we put points in like health and morale too? I'm sure you mentioned that, Adam. I zoned out. I'm sorry. I think health and morale um, gets a separate you, bunch of points to spend on it. You have 18 points to spend between health and morale, which yeah. you can split between any way, but you have to have a minimum of three in each ability. So, oh, okay. You can have three points in health and 15 points in morale, nine points in each, etc. Okay. I'm going to go with nine in each. That's that's not a good spread. And it's like I said, me 12 health and nine morale just off of the. I'm still vlogging that horse of using that build that the game already gave me. Wait, 12 health and nine morale? Okay, that means you'd be spending some of your general abilities on your health, I think. Because that's. Math doesn't add up otherwise. Yeah, yeah, you gotta add Rob right. Peter on this one. So we're gonna change that to be twelve and six. Obviously, and make it work out right. All right, we can uh, work it out. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with eleven morale and seven health. Sorcery is obviously kind of like David's character. I assume that warfare is going to be his top rank. I better for my sorcerer. I'm gonna. If I put enough points into it, I get the ability called Blast, where if you have eight points in Sorcery, you can hit multiple mooks. Is anybody taking Bind Wounds? Yes, I've got that at six. Cool. Because Colbat, the Wound Binder. That's right. I'm an expert in binding wounds. I'm also an expert in causing them. Unfortunately, insurance no cover this one. All right, well, since I just saw the D&D movie and I liked Chris Pine's character, I'm going to put eight points into preparedness. David's character pulls out a sword. Deductible. (laughs) 
<laughs> I work in health insurance. Kill. I think I just invented a new Saturday Night Live character. <laughs> barbarian Doctor. Yes. Gotta make a portmanteau out of it somehow. Yeah, something like that. I am Doctor. What is best in life? <laughs> oh, I've got it. Doctor the Practitioner. Yeah. Gonna be so good. To examine your patients. To see the Medicare payments flow in before you. <laughs> Pharmacy no-fill prescription. I handle. Pulls out a sword and walks out of the room. <laughs> to see the lamentation of your true out-of-pocket. Oh my god. Mm, I don't like the look of mole. May have to come off. <laughs> there goes the arm. Let me get small scalpel. It's a fucking broadsword. know <laughs> Tooth need to come out. He's punching you in the face. <laughs> I just figured out what the pre-authorization is. Just the <laughs> goes and just beats the insurance company until they finally agree. It's like, okay, okay, <laughs> you win. You need specialist. Pulls out a mace. Hmm. <laughs> bad news. Tooth need to come out. Just breaches into your mouth. But <laughs> think, got it. Deep roots. Wait, Doctor really covers a lot of practice areas. <laughs> it does. Look, man, it's 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 medieval times. You gotta yeah. everybody's gotta it's have multiple all. hustles. Doctor spent eight years in medical school. Would you like to see my would you like to see license for reverse trepanning? <laughs> Doctor also give mighty good haircut. No, retrophrenology. That's the that's the skill. Yeah. I can give you a personality by putting the right size lumps on your head. Nowadays we call those concussions. <laughs> Guys, tell me, because I don't have the other character she's pulled up here. I noticed that me and Aaron need to kind of go back and pick out our sorcerer spheres. Did each one of your, when you selected your class, did it give you an additional field at the bottom for a sphere? Like beneath uh, allegiances? I don't have that, but I'm barbarian. Okay. I I don't have spheres because reasons. Yeah. Maybe I need to check the index. You may. It just it, it popped up on my character sheet. I just overlooked it. Aaron, create your own sorcerer spheres or borrow one. You gain one spear for every rank of corruption you possess. When you use sorcery, you'll describe the effect based on your sphere. And any spells or effects you can't rationalize with one of your spheres are barred from you. Don't make your spheres too broad or too specific. So, they basically like kind of magic. So, there's like blood magic. Hey, how many how many general points do we get? 30. 30. Okay. Also, one last doctor joke. Hmm. Doctor only therapist. No can prescribe prescription. <laughs> or no can no can prescribe medicine. However, doctor can refer can refer to psychiatrist. <laughs> doctor can make referral. Oh, see him. He just pulls out a a horn like a like a literal yeah. Basically, Aaron, I took how many corruption did I? I like take? that. I took two corruption, and one of my spheres is snakes <laughs> or serpents, so I'm taking serpents. Of course it is. <laughs> what? Adam's playing a snake in? That doesn't sound no. like him. 
right. So I'm going to put three points into sorcery for my character, but instead of it being like straight up corrupting magic, I just think it's like alchemical regents and things. How's that sound? Well, look, or, at the, look at the spheres first and see if you can sell it. Sure. I mean, you you should be able to see exactly what it's going with. I mean, at this point right now, it's that's cool. I would say, you know, me running the game, I would say that you would have to. I'd assume when you started the game, you would have components to do certain things, but you know, some of these things wouldn't be kind of willy nilly. If you burn through your supply, then no more magic. I have yeah. eight. I have eight sorcery. But no, your corruption tells you about how many spears you have. So I had two corruption. Oh, okay. No, I know. I'm just saying. I put eight points in sorcery. I am the magic, Randy. Oh. So I imagine it would be either illusion, trickery, or secret. Because let's be real, it's, it, it's drugs. Yeah. I mean, oh I, man, I, I'm making drugs. There are so many awesome spheres I want to use. Yeah, they they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Ghosts and spirits. I mean, I was almost tempted. If I don't take serpents, I'll pick animal, and then I'll have a serpent. <laughs> but, eh, you know. I'm going, one of mine is going to be aging. You could, you could actually click on the particular one. So, for example, with, ooh, aging sounds good. So, for serpents, bringing in the snakes, bringing in. Bringing in the snakes, we we will come a screaming. Bring in the snakes. Thank you, Aaron. That Baptist is popping right up there. Yeah. Animals above Serpentine Empire. Oh, the Serpentine Empire left behind a number of writings that the Serpent Spirit seems to be common. Yeah, yeah. It it affects health. I think that's the main thing you're looking for. You just got to be able to sell it when you cast and whatnot. But that's cool. Well, I won't. I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and fill f- fill these in as I go through. If you all, I won't make you all wait on us on this here. Oh, it's all good. I'm just switch? looking through the weapons list and trying to decide between do I want the sword standard or sword terrifyingly large. I'm leaning towards terrifyingly large. All right, so I'm going to stick with the spheres trickery. That makes the most sense for drugs. Can you switch out your spheres, or are you stuck with the ones you pick? I didn't read anything on that. I think you're. I think it's kind of just like who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you. It's not like it. Like you know, you're picking cantrips at the first level in D and D. Yeah, I think demonology. Be, it it kind of goes with my backstory. Yeah, I have four athletics, five bind wounds, three burglary, four preparedness, eight sorcery, three stealth, and three sway. We have almost the same damn thing. I got four athletics, five bind wounds, one burglary, three preparedness, ten sorcery, three, three in stealth, one in sway, and three in warfare because I picked up a thing or two. How's, how's our detective looking, Joe? Four in athletics, four in burglary, six in preparedness, four in stealth, eight in sway, four in warfare. They- I, took a put- I took a point from athletics and put it into uh, sway as well. I, I like the dodge ability. I would have normally took it just to have the dodge, but the simple fact that we're kind of, you know, playing by the rule of point distribution, I decided to let athletics kind of take a backseat. David, how about yourself? I know you probably put a little bit into warfare or dentistry. 
Let's see, I've got 10 points in Warfare and 8 in Athletics, 6 in Bind Wounds. Those are my biggest ones. And I've also got a bit of preparedness and a tiny bit of stealth, but frankly, I'm thinking that stealth is not the way to go, because I am going to go for absurdly large sword. Shit, if there's 10 in Warfare, shouldn't there be 5 in something else, or does that... Am I misinterpreting that, Chris? It necessarily has to have at least five in your second highest. Five game. minimum, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then my next highest is an eight. So. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. No, good. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. I mean, killing everybody who might have seen you and alerted someone else is an acceptable form of stealth. <laughs> it kind of is. I'm just thinking that for that for the sword itself, because it is impossible to hide, I feel like just putting a tiny little hat on top <laughs> of the handle. Adam, I picked my I picked my two spheres. Oh, what's your spheres? You want to guess? The Lord, was it blood? Love. I considered blood, but I did not go with blood. Did you go with love? I did not go with love. You don't believe in a thing called love? Yeah, I just can't listen to the rhythm of someone's heart anymore. Okay. <laughs> What'd you go with, man? Demonology and flesh. Damn it! I went with demonology and serpents. Man, we're like brothers. All right. You could do flesh and love. Just be the love doctor. No, Chris, if you use flesh, like, you literally, you become a body horror villain. All right, well, if you chose de- demonology, yeah. I'm going to go with something different. Not because I don't want, I don't like that that idea. I just, there's so many cool options, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's like I've been sitting here looking at serpents thinking, you know, snakes are all right, but if I could take ghosts and spirits as a sphere, then all of a sudden, I am John Constantine. Yeah. That means you have to have dated a shark at some point in your past. <laughs> We've all been there. The, the, the thrust of Eversink is that it's constantly sinking into a swamp, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Florida. Okay. Just making sure. I think that uh, we'll move on to Legion's Zen. I'm going to go to the book here real quick, kind of set the stage. So we've got everything else. Now it's time to pick, like, who likes this and who doesn't. Allegiances allow you to wield political power in the same way that a warrior might wield a sword. They help you manipulate politics, call in powerful favors in a way that you might not see in a typical fantasy game. Allegiances are investigative abilities tied to political factions in your game. Allies and enemies are permanent allegiances. They have ranks and act as a standard investigative ability. Favors and grudges are temporarily allegiances, and they never have rank. So you kind of you earn one, call in a favor, and then the mark's cleared. And have pools of influence that disappear once they've been used. Pick your allies and enemies from the following political factions, as well as from uh, others that GM creates. So our options are, and we may have to go back and adjust our general investigative abilities to accommodate these since I don't see um, any additional points. Assign in allegiances. Assign two investigative build points to any political faction as allies and one point to any faction as an enemy. So they're what you put in the section of allegiances. So you get basically you can have two positive allegiances, one really positive allegiance, and you always have one negative allegiance. Okay. So come out of the other pool of investigative abilities. Okay. Yeah, they're they're basically their own thing. Yeah, they're yeah. Okay, cool. So I like how this is partitioned. So we have ancient nobility. So the people of the city, the big twos, the Church of Denari, the goddess and of commerce and civilization, city watch. We have the commoners, 
the Guild of Architects and, and Canal Watchers, the Mercantile, Mercenaries, Monstrosities, Outlanders, Sorcerers, Cabals, Thieves Guild, and the Triscadane, which are the anonymous rulers of the secret police, so to speak, of the city. If you all are familiar with 13th Age, these are basically the equivalent of the icons in 13th Age. I think it even mentions this in the book. I can't remember where I read it, but basically they liked that idea, so they made it these allegiances. I think the City Watch would be have a negative. I think that's pretty obvious. I would almost say Church of Denari. I don't know which would be. Well, probably. Well, keep in mind, these are all individual. So, yeah, uh, one yeah thing, they're not, not collective. Yeah. One thing I think would be interesting is if we all have one shared allegiance or negative allegiance. Okay. And then no, I, the rest are spread out. I pick the church as the negative one, I think, would be the way to okay. go for me. But, but do we all want to be like a part of the same guild or do we all, do we all want to have the same enemy? I would personally, the church would work for a good enemy for me. But let's see, what's everybody else that had in here on this? What do you, what do you think? I, I think that works. I agree. The only thing is, I'm not sure why I would have beef with the church. Or the church would have beef with me. I feel like I'm a little outside of the wheelhouse for them. If I may, thought. can I sell you an idea? Me and David got some ideas here. Sure, go for it. David, why don't you go first? The church does not take kindly to people that muscle in on their turf. And the fact that you are selling those lovely, lovely, totally not, um, magical potions that have healing effects muscles in on the church's healing for pay thing. In fact, that's also probably one of the reasons why they dislike me is because as a bone setter, I will set people's bones for a very small fee and just basically take donations to not break their legs, as opposed to the church that takes really, really big donations to properly break their legs, if that makes any sense. So I see the church as hating both you and me because of the fact that we're both muscling in on their turf in our own little ways. I mean, I want to point out, my potions heal you the same way Oxycontin heals you. Uh-huh. You just forget it hurts. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's still going up against their business model, and they don't like that. We are in the business of selling miracles here, mister. So Chris Cash is king at the end of the day with the with Denari and commerce and stuff like that. And you're doing money and you know, making profit and moving and spending just like everyone else. And they think they're better than you. Does that make sense? Like you see yourself as, you know, I'm doing what the goddess would like. I am upholding her tenets, so to speak. But and I'm cutting into their bottom line, apparently. Uh-huh. Maybe. If we cut into their bottom line even a little bit, that's still too much for them. Look, they're money lenders in the church. Like, you, you know, to use a biblical illusion there, the church themselves, like they are the money lenders. And... I still like the idea that there's really now as a denarii, there's no difference between you and them. But they don't like that idea. It's your, it's your call. You could choose to... We can try to find another idea. No, I, I'm down with that. All right, so 
we don't really have we we don't have allies. We just all have mutual enemies. We don't have mutual allies. Like the Outlanders love me because I'm cheaper than the church, and they understand that it's going to be a little bit of pain when I make their arm bend the way that it's supposed to bend. And you are an Outlander, basically. Well, yeah, clearly. All right. I'm going to say one of my positive allegiances is the Guild of Architects and Canal Watchers. Despite rumors and guild me- that guild members often die young from disease and injury, this powerful guild ensures ev- Eversink's architectural stability and way within the city. I'm the one who make them- makes them forget about the injuries. That sounds good. I'm basically the worst farmer rep on, on Earth. Or in Eversink. He's the one that makes you feel good. He's the one that makes you feel alright. I'm going to go with the commoners as one of my allegiances. Like, even the, like I said, I don't have, I'm not the same person, literally, in appearance as a person who did all these horrible things. So they don't know me for what I was. And I'm trying to, the whole redemption arc, helping, out the, helping people out. But with the same token, I don't really want my character to be... I don't want my character to be in league with the Sorcerer's Cabal. Because, I, I mean, these are just abilities that I picked up. I don't, you know, I'm not workshopping with them, so to speak. I kind of like the idea of having something with the monsters, the monstrosities. Most people have never seen one, but there are rumors that a loose community of non-humans live within or underneath Eversink. They're unlikely to have Denari's best interests at heart. So, you know, fle- hiding from the church, uh, different run-ins. Maybe they know me more than I know them. Oh, hey, you? Kind of, you know, stuff like that. I kind of like, what's the, what was the X-Men? The ones that live in the sewers? The Morlocks? Not Morlocks. The Morlocks, yeah. Yeah, the Morlocks. I, I kind of like that kind of aspect. So I'm, I'm going to go with commoners, Morlocks, and against the church. Hey, D- David, how, how's our Burberryan doing? What, who, who's he? Oh, I'm doing with? pretty good. Who, who are oh, you down with? Allied with OPP. the Outlanders. But it's basically I've got two points in Alliance with Outlanders and then one point in Enemy with Church. Okay. Just straight up the way that it was on the sheet. The Outlanders really, really love me. Sweet. All right. So I have a point of allegiance with both the Architects and Canal Watchers and the Thieves Guild. That looks like it'd be beneficial. So the church is the negative one (laughs) for me. I'm going to go with the Sorceress Cabals for a positive. Mm -hmm. Now I just got to figure out what my second one's going to be. A nice thing to think about as far as like the mechanics built into this game as well. So let's say Joe's like whatever Joe picks here, he can cash in that favor and he can keep utilizing it. But it's also a source for the GM to turn around and it's like, well, you know, it's a two-way street, buddy. So now we're working for, you know, Detriscadane or whoever, you know, Joe. Can, would I, pick. can I add a negative? Like, can I have two positive and one and two negative? Or no, it's only you only got. There's only three we're dealing with. Oh, okay. So you can leave a field. I, my understanding of it is you can leave a field blank and just put two and one. I don't think mm. you can go with two negatives. No, you can oh, okay. only have one negative. That's something that happens when plot happens. Now, now there are uh, instances when you can, you know, get a point with another 
I can't remember what it said that was again. It's not like it's once you use this gone kind of ability. So if you help like the the merch the merchants out and stuff like that, you can get a point that you can spend later on. Or maybe it, it, I think it also works in reverse. So if you do something against the monstrosities, and then you know they can basically spend that point that they get on you against you, and then once it's over, all all debts are settled, so to speak. So you know that you were trying to escape somewhere, and then one of the monstrosities showed up and hampered your progress. Just, okay. Well, the only reason I ask is because I was going to have City Watch be my positive and then i was gonna have the uh oh, what's it called the uh, the triscadane be my other negative you could pick the old money and play like you're a dandy that's why you haven't been found out because you're a sorcerer or you did you don't have any nobility though do you no i wanted them to be a negative not a positive oh okay my apologies no you're fine but i mean it's fine i can i can go with with two positives we're good okay joe how's our detective looking or inquisitor I mean, he doesn't work for the church. <laughs> yeah. So, allies, I've got City Watch and Commoners. Okay. That's a good one. I figure he gets called in whenever somebody wants some, something looked at, but they don't want the church to get involved because it might get them in trouble. Yeah. Plausible deniability. Yeah. That works. Awesome. A bunch of people on this street have spontaneously lost their teeth, and we don't know what happened. No, I'm not. No, I'm not looking into that one. I think, honestly, we're pretty much done with this here. I mean, we kind of went over wealth. So do we know how much wealth we start with? That's what I'm... Zero, typically. So do we get starting weapons? Question mark? That's a good point. I think you start with whatever you have skill for. So you could say, oh, yeah, well, I've got my trusty longsword or what have you you have what you have on your back but you don't you're broke you start broke yeah i would say you pick the items you need like joe said but at at the start of it you're going out making that wealth we're on that grind set okay so i'm not sure if i want to go for the terrifyingly large sword or just the standardly large sword I don't think... Was there any mechanical difference between the two? Because... Well, there is. The standard sword is medium size. They both are point-blank range. Um, The standard adds plus one as a damage modifier, whereas the terrifyingly large adds plus two, but it's also got a difficulty of plus two to swing. So I'm thinking that the standard sword is probably a little bit more economical. Yeah. But the other thing about the terrifyingly large sword is that it is quite obvious that I am carrying a sword at all times. It is the it's along the lines of the old White Wolf World of Darkness. There are some of the weapons where it says, All right, so stealth trench coat. Like you can hide it if you've got a really big trench coat, and then there's some that say stealth, no. <laughs> like if you are carrying around this particular weapon. Everybody knows you have it. Yeah. So, like, with the giant sword, I'm thinking maybe put a hat on it and that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's got a hat, so it doesn't look like it's a sword, obviously, at a distance, <laughs> until I pull it out of the scabbard, in which case, oh, oh, that wasn't just a tiny purse on his back. 
I mean, personally, I'm I'm down if you if you wanted to whatever you want, pick it. I mean, I'm the GM for the first session. If you want that disadvantage along with that plus, you know, modifier for damage, then go for it. If you'd rather middle of the road have a regular sword, then that's fine with me too. What about? Nice. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, it's fine. You were going to say what about the the grit next to like between health threshold and morale do we need to worry about grit right now or grit yeah we do grit i think was based on morale we'll answer that question and we're pretty much done i think it's i'm going with i'm going with struggling low repute i kind of feel like carrying a warhammer as the backup weapon is going to be the follow-up because i am a bone setter like it, it kind of makes sense for me to have just the... Why do you have that ball-peen hammer with all of the blood on it? You ever seen Misery? <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Well, this is all going to be new to you. So on the count of three, I'm going to do something. One, smack. Uh, grit is basically armor for your brain. Ah. I'm just trying to figure out how that's, dis- how that's defined or utilized. God damn it. Oh, cool. One of the items I can get that would fit my character is basically mustard gas. So many options in here. When I looked at this in the beginning, I was really intimidated. But in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is going to be gumshoe. I don't have to read into it and all that. And then, you know, some things are different and it kind of intimidated me. But the past week that I've been reading up on this book, it's just, I'm excited. There's a, it's, I think it's got a lot that it can do for us. By the way, grit is armor for morale against morale attacks. Okay. To define how we establish that, it, you, if you have five, you you know iconic items, you get one grit. I think there are spells that can give it to you. There are magic items that can give it to you. Yeah, it might be just something we have to pick up as we go. You know, if that's the case, may even go back and tell you to pick five items to give you one grit. If that's the only source that you're going to at least get some protection from. Everyone starts with one grid, apparently. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, looks like we've finished up character creation for the most part. I mean, we need to go through and add some items and stuff like that, but we've got the basic gist of it. So what's your thoughts? Are you ready to play? Are you excited? Oh, yeah. yeah it's cool. going to be good. We haven't come up with names for our characters, y'all. <laughs> Except uh, I have a name. I'll do it later. <laughs> I'm Ildefonso. Some kind of dirty fantasy Italian? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a regular fantasy Italian. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, just a regular Italian. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> anyway, if you all want... Like, if you're looking for it, I kind of wanted to give this a shout-out. I'll put the link in the show notes, but there are... On Matthew Breen's website which is apparently a friend of Kevin Culp's. I know he named a character in the Time Watch game after Breen. But he has a lot of tools for Swords of the Serpentine. And there is also like a name generator. I was just kind of going through it right now, trying to just come up with male names. Of course, I don't know how it's going to fit with my country western theme I'm doing for 2023. So right now I'm going to stick with Fly Love It and I'll, I'll make something up different. But if you all, <laughs> if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can find, I'll also include a zipped up version of all these character sheets that we created through Black Book 
the Pilgrim adjacent website for character creation. So if you're interested in taking these players and running them in your own game, then by all means, come download them. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, hey man, we'd appreciate it. Every dollar helps. We basically... We're, ma- we're making money just to keep the website afloat. That's pretty much what we're doing. You can find us on patreon.com slash exchange. We've got several different tiers available. Also, if you if this is your first time listening to us, you can find us on roadpointexchange.com. We're on Facebook that I occasionally update. It's facebook.com slash theroadpointexchange. And also, well, we are more active on Twitter. It is at rpexchange. Other than that, gentlemen, thank you all so much. I look forward to taking these characters and inserting them into this adventure. This is going to be one of the rare times. Well, we've only done like, what is this? This is our third roll-up. There's actually going to be a game attached to this one here. So that's the first. But hey, that's why we do this. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Again, thank you all for joining. And then until next time, we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.